Some of us follow the news very closely, read a lot about that, and some not so much. But whether we do or we don't, we all have an awareness that there are certain things taking place in the world and in the church that are really concerning, humanly speaking. And not just the average we're used to hearing about wars or confusion and division, incompetence, etc. We could say, sadly, it's not just that quote-unquote normal level of confusion, but things are getting bad. We hear about wars and confusion and corruption and lies in ways that touch our lives more closely. When we see these things, when we think about that, when we think about what might happen, again, in the world, in the country, in the church, we wonder again and again, why? And until when? But what does the Lord think about these things? What does he say to us today? He speaks today again about his vineyard, that piece of land that he loves so deeply and so personally. And whether we understand that this vineyard is an image of Jerusalem in the gospel, of the chosen people, or of the church, we should pay attention to what the Lord says today about his vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I had not done? And then why, when I look for the crop of grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And when we realize, as we know, but perhaps more deeply, that this is actually the Lord speaking, this is the open heart of God telling us what he feels, what he thinks about these difficult situations in his vineyard, we realize that it is painful, and even more painful to hear what he then does about his vineyard. Yes, the Lord says, I will make it a ruin. I will command the clouds not to send rain upon it. Many years ago, Pope Benedict, before he was elected Pope, reflected on those difficult moments in our lives, in history, in which God is silent. Those complicated situations in which we seek the Lord, we seek his face, we ask him to do something, and we get just silence. And very interestingly, surprisingly in some ways, he said that in those times, rather than complaining, we should, quote, reflect with some alarm about the significance of God's concealment. To reflect with some alarm about the significance of God's concealment. So is the Lord saying something to us, to the church, through his silence? Is he commanding the clouds not to send rain upon us? Is he allowing things to happen for a reason? What is very clear now 
is that, well, we cannot fix some of the situations that, humanly speaking, are really concerning. We can actually think about our part in the problem and in the solution. And this starts by trusting. We heard today, have no anxiety at all. How can we do this? What are we supposed to do? Well, the Lord is saying, and that's the first thing, we need to accept this invitation, this command, have no anxiety at all. How? And then we keep reading from the second reading. With thanksgiving, rather, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And think about what we hear and even the order of these words. With thanksgiving, first, make your requests known to God. This is so unlike how we think. Because thanksgiving is not a consequence of receiving all the favors we want or we need. Thanksgiving actually precedes all petition and every favor. With thanksgiving, then, we make known to God what He obviously already knows. And that's because the Lord needs us to pray, that He counts on our prayer so that He will command rain to fall again upon us. This is our part, and it is decisive. And a beautiful consequence of this grateful prayer is this, which we also heard. Then, the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. If we pray with thanksgiving because we trust in the Lord, then the consequence is that the peace of God will guard, will protect our hearts and our minds so that in joy or in sorrow, we will not worry, we will not be anxious. And so that with that peace, we will take our place in the vineyard. Not someone else's place, not that place that we think someone is abandoning, but our place, what we can actually do. The Lord loves His vineyard. He loves the church. And He's looking for those, as He said at the end of the Gospel, who willing to trust are also willing to work hard to produce lasting fruit. While there is plenty of bad news, we should really have no anxiety at all. And one final point about this. We just heard this beautiful promise that we will receive the peace of God. If we pray with thanksgiving, we will receive the peace of God. But what we hear at the end of the second reading is even more amazing. If, rather than worrying about those things that we cannot control, we trust, we think about what is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and work hard in our portion of the vineyard, this is what we hear. Then, the God of peace will be with you. And this is a fascinating and beautiful transition. It is great, of course, 
to have that peace of God, but it is even greater to be with a God of peace. In these difficult times, let's take our place in the battle. Let's pray hard, as hard as we can, and work very hard as well in what we can do. The God of peace will be with us.